Welcome to Between the Shelves. I am your ghost, Alex, and I'm joined by my guest ghost, Peter. Hello again. <laughs> this is part two of our Halloween episodes, and in this episode we have 13 more horror film categories to go through, and let's just get right into it. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what we're doing, go back and listen to part two, one. What are you doing starting with part two? <laughs> All right, so our first horror category are kids' horror movies. So this is a horror movie that is rated PG. So, Peter, do you want to go first? I'm curious to see what you picked. Yeah, I do. And I, I, this category was my idea because I remember I was a little kid when um, Disney was making horror movies, very briefly. So those are the... I actually... We're going to say both of them, but the one that initially uh, scared me the most as a very little kid, and I have a story about it, is Watcher in the Woods. It's a Disney horror movie. Um, late 70s, early 80s it came out, but um, when I was a kid, we had family reunions uh, up in the mountains. I'm from Utah in this lodge, and every year my dad would rent the you know movie projector from uh, the university where he worked, and we'd watch a movie, and he... I don't know what he was thinking, but he got Watcher in the Woods while we were like up in the mountains in the woods and it terrified me, it terrified some of my cousins and um, my dad was, the aunts and uncles were not happy with my dad because they had some sleepless nights, but it's basically, you know, these little kids there in the woods, there's, I don't even remember the plot, but there's a Watcher in the Woods and there's a creepy old lady that's involved and um, it's literally, I haven't seen it since I was a little kid, but that's like one of the first movies that scared me and the other one which was from a few years later was another disney horror movie was something wicked this way comes and i remember it a little bit more because i was older um it's the idea is there's a carousel and if you go on it one way you get older if it goes the other way you get younger and there's a, like you know i haven't seen it since i was little but back then it looked really terrifying of the guy going around and his face is getting older yeah. aging as he goes around the so th those were kind of, you know, probably influential in me becoming a horror buff. Yeah. So. Well, I think I'll, I will say as a father, I think it is a father's job to frighten their children. <laughs> uh, finding the right age for that is, is the tricky part. I mean, my dad scared the heck out of me while showing me Alien and uh, The Shining and The Exorcist when I was probably far too young. <laughs> but, you know, it made me appreciate horror and films in general at an early age. So none of the movies I'm going to talk about are appropriate for my kids. So I'm just going to say that right now. I'm not watching, showing these to my three-year-old. Uh, so my kid's PG horror movie is uh, the Twilight Zone movie. Uh, this is rated PG. I would be a little careful with who, what age you show it to. I would say maybe no younger than 10. Um, the first two stories are not really horror stories. So let me back up a second. So the Twilight Zone movie is split into four short films. Um, and a fun fact is uh, the directors of these short, four short films, Steven Spielberg, George Miller, the director of all the Mad Max movies, John Landis, director of American Werewolf in London, Clue, Blues Brothers, and Joe Dante, the director of Gremlins and Gremlins 2. So you have four of the best like horror directors in the business, well, and plus Steven Spielberg. <laughs> so great, four great directors. Uh, the first two are sort of like moralizing stories. One's kind of more of like an action thriller. Uh, the second one is 
sort of more like a drama. Neither of them are scary, but they're kind of like have that Twilight zone kind of like twist on reality where you're embodying a different body to learn more about other people. Like, it's sort of like that moralizing tales, um, kind of just more like interesting conceptual ideas. But three and four are super, super creepy. Uh, and these are the ones that really stood out to me when I watched this as a kid. Number three is about um, like a family that... Uh, oh, basically, I think a woman is the lead character, if I remember correctly, and she kind of stumbles on this house, and there seems to be like a birthday party going on or something, and she slowly turns to find out that the kid who's having the birthday is sort of controlling all of the other family members, and they seem like they're kind of like slaves to this child, and it just gets creepier and creepier and creepier, and I remember this story just really standing out to me when I saw it as a kid, like it was just really eerie, like the sets were really eerie, the way the actors were all acting was like you could tell they were like very afraid and it was very affecting for me as a child so that one's really good and then the fourth short is iconic it's it's the iconic twilight story Twenty Thousand uh, nightmare at 20,000 feet which originally was in the twilight zone show with william shatner was the lead but in the movie adaptation they have john lithgow plays the william shatner character and it's basically all takes place on a plane ride uh, and John Lithgow, the main character, thinks he sees a, sees a monster outside of the plane and is trying to warn everyone, and it's sort of like a thriller in that way. It's iconic Twilight Zone story. Um, highly recommend this movie, Twilight Zone. The movie, scary factor, maybe a two out of six. Six, six. <laughs> uh, that... Uh... Airplane one is the only one I remember, but I think I might have seen that in the movie theater yeah. a long time ago. It's good. It's good. Um, okay, our next category is slasher film. So I chose Scream, Wes Craven's Scream. I think this came out in the early 2000s, if I remember correctly, or maybe 90s, late 90s, like 99 or something. Um, I'm not really a big slasher film buff, but I chose this one because it kind of revitalized the genre by parodying the genre in a lot of ways so it kind of played off the tropes of slasher films and had a nice new twist it kind of bred life back into the into the genre and uh the opening scene with drew barrymore is iconic that it's on out of everything that really stuck with me the most but uh i think it's a really well-made movie wes craven knows what he's doing and i think he does a excellent job um I don't really have much more else to say about it. I'd say in a scary factor, maybe a 3 out of 666. The opening scene being the most scary part of the whole film, if I remember correctly. But I think it really does hold up. Yeah, I haven't seen it in... uh, I tried to watch it again last year, but I was really tired and I (laughs) fell asleep. But yeah, I remember Scream 2 being maybe even better than Scream 1, if I remember correctly. But uh, but Scream 1 is great for its twist, so... Definitely worth watching. Yeah, I know. I have. I'm not a big slasher guy either, but I have, there's some I really like that I know. That's one that a lot of people like. Um, my slasher is. I actually do really like this movie, even though it's not my thing. It's uh, Black Christmas, which um, some people say is one of the films that kind of invented the genre. This is from the late '70s, '77 or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, it's basically it's set. At Christmas time, during a uh, at a sorority house, and it, it, it's yeah, it's, it stars Karen Black, who's like one of the horror, my favorite horror queens from the seventies, and basically somebody starts making um, 
what's the word they call it? It's so weird because it's not a thing they have anymore. They're making like suggestive calls to the sorority house. Uh -huh. It's quite scary actually if I, I'll jump ahead maybe maybe a five or six just because it's like you know it's the kind of thing you can really see the for me the ones that actually kind of scare me a little bit are the ones that are the kind of thing that could actually happen you could see Slightly some psycho victimizing yeah. these college girls at a but yeah some really good um scenes and like uh, uh just kind of considered one of the uh like most iconic and a slasher movies with Halloween and stuff. So nice. All right. Next category um, is psychological horror movies. So this was another category that I had a lot of trouble with, not because there was any lack of movies to choose from, but I had too many choices. So the one I finally settled on, um, and I hope you didn't choose this one, Peter, is Rosemary's Baby. So uh, it's basically it's the story of a woman who is pregnant and she comes to believe that her baby is going to be Satan, if I remember correctly. Is is going to be the birth is Damien, the child of Satan. Um, it's extremely creepy. Uh, it the tension builds and builds and builds throughout the film because you know Rosemary's only going to get more and more pregnant, and you know how it's going to end. She's eventually going to have this baby, or you or possibly. So you know the tension's just building this whole time for the climax that you're expecting, and throughout the movie. You know, her suspicions of, of it being uh, the child of Satan is sort of comes up because she starts seeing like family members that are behaving in ways that would leave you to believe they are Satanists or something. So it kind of plays off. I think it's a psychological horror because it kind of plays off. Is Rome Rosemary making all this up? Is she is she being crazy or is she actually seeing these things? So it kind of plays with reality a little bit. Um and it has themes of like the cultural decay and you know control over women and in society and things like that. So it's just an all-around great movie, let alone horror movie. Um, but the suspense is just there throughout the whole movie. It's fantastic, and it does have like moments of humor in it too, which is kind of surprising. So it's just like an all-around like great film. Like I highly, I recommend it for everyone, not just horror buffs. Yeah, I feel like I need to revisit that one. It's been a while since I've seen it. It has a lot of, like, parodying, like, consumerism and stuff. Like, the family members are all, like, very quirky in different ways. Like, there's a scene where, like, Rosemary has, like, a knife and she's, like, threatening people and threatening herself. And she drops the knife. Uh, and, like, immediately, like, instead of, like, trying to, like, separate her from the knife, the family's, like... a worried that the knife like scuffs the floor like and it's just stuff like that like it's very like not like a joke funny but it's like a lot of weird like stuff like yeah. that i don't know it's interesting it's a great movie though yeah um i really like that one too um i actually thought about putting that on my like demonic possession because it's kind of along those lines but I, i'm glad i didn't um my psychological horror probably won't surprise you. Uh, I did a Don't Look Now, which I know you didn't care for that much, but I really like, I, you know, it's that the right period for me. It's early 70s. It's um, set in Venice, and it's um, the, Donald Sutherland is the main actor, and he's just his, lost his daughter. Um, my memory serves me. She drowns, and she, yeah. he's having these nightmares of her, and he, she's wearing this red coat. And then they're in Venice. I, I don't even remember why they're in Venice, but um, 
he keeps seeing the in the distance somebody with a red coat and he's like trying to like what's real and what's not and it's kind of um exploring the psychology of loss uh, of a child through um these dream sequences and through the imagery and um it was uh, has some really uh i was reading about it uh, it was um, considered very innovative with its editing and um for me uh, i i'm really looking for atmosphere and I, it, it's got that in spades lots of beautiful shots uh, lots of weird creepy shots with the the red it's the theme of the the red that stands out against a lot of you know brown and you know it, this really like bright red standing out um it's you know i found it you know you can't really call it scary it, I, I still consider it a horror movie because there are some creepy scenes and uh but i i just think it, it was you know a nice atmospheric movie that was beautifully shot uh and um a little trivia that i want to include uh, i just finished reading a biography on kate bush and i'm you know a big music guy and she got donald sutherland to be in her the music video for her song cloud busting and one of the reasons she wanted to ask him was because she was a big fan of don't look now and she you know a lot of her songs have are inspired by films so she's really interested in films i was <laughs> i just finished it a few days ago as i was getting ready for yeah. this and i'm like oh that's perfect <laughs> time uh, probably like maybe a two on the <laughs> one or two on the scary yeah spot. i would agree with that it'll look creepy i will i will say i did like this movie i just didn't like the ending of this movie i didn't think the ending had a good payoff yeah but it is very like creepy vibes throughout the whole movie and uh the editing you mentioned um it's set in venice so you know there's the canals and everything that wind through the city and when donald sutherland is like pursuing this mysterious red figure through the streets like he gets lost very often and it kind of plays with like you know him being lost the editing kind of makes you really feel like you are lost and you don't really know what's going on so it's a really well shot really well made movie yeah, I think for me too. I think you've probably seen it more recently than me now. But uh, when you're interested in a like certain uh, time period with movies, you get to a point where you feel like you've seen all of them that are good. So like, I was surprised because I it was maybe four or five years ago to see it. I'm like, oh, there's a '70s movie I've seen that doesn't turn out to be t- horrible. Because half the time you're like, oh, this is why I've never heard about this one because it's not good. Um, okay, our next category, I have, I have defined it as yuppie nightmare. Now, this is a category I stole from one of our favorite podcasts with Gorley and Rust. They did a whole season on yuppie nightmare movies. So they kind of define it as, you know, when these, like, rich white people's <laughs> ideal lives are disrupted by something that blows up their whole world view. Um, so the... Movie I chose for this category is Fatal Attraction with Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. Um, it is basically Michael Douglas uh, cheats on his wife while she's away doing something. I don't know. She's away and he cheats on his wife and with Glenn Close. And Glenn Close uh, basically becomes... I don't know. The, I don't have the right terms for this, but becomes really obsessed with Michael Douglas and like won't let it be a fling it has she's like wants to take michael douglas away and it becomes sort of like a stalker of michael douglas's character so um it's a really interesting movie I, i'd watch it for the first time as in you know preparation for this podcast um 
and it it does what 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 I think great horror movies do is it it poses a question to the audience. It and it it asks you know what is the price of being unfaithful? It's like when you leave this movie, I think it's what a lot of good movies do is they they have you talking about the movie after the movie's over, and I think this movie does that where you can kind of talk about the motivations and and the price that the characters had to pay for their actions and everything. And there's no, it doesn't really, the answer, the movie doesn't answer it for you. It open, it leaves it as an open question. I think it's a really well done movie in that sense. The ending itself is kind of questionable in modern day sensibilities, um, in terms of the justice that is paid. Um, but it's a really interesting movie and the tension is definitely there. Like I felt it's, it definitely does not let it, let the audience go for the the whole movie pretty much it just builds and builds and builds the tension and uh i really liked it scariness factor maybe a two 2.5 it's not a scary movie there are some kind of creepy moments and there's even a jump scare or two but it's kind of one of those that's on the line between horror and thriller yeah yeah so that was my pick um Fatal Attraction. I think they're actually, they just made a remake of that, but it's a TV series. I haven't seen it. Oh. I've just seen it, you know, ads or something for it. I can't remember who the actress who plays the Glenn Close, but it's somebody quite prominent. So <laughs> look that up if yeah. you're interested. Uh, mine, I think we did it like, my, uh, for this category, Yuppie Home Invasion is um, The Strangers, which I actually saw, it was maybe... 10, 11 years ago, uh, we were on vacation in San Francisco and it was at night and we were like, we didn't really have anything planned for that night. So we're like, let's go see a movie. So we went to see The Strangers and it actually legitimately scared me because after it was after dark and we were walking through city streets we weren't familiar with and I was like, I'm legitimately (laughs) creeped out right now. But um, the concept of The Strangers is it stars um, Liv Tyler and the guy is but they're a couple that they go to stay in like a it's like a vacation home somewhere and so like and it's i i if i remember it's sort of off season so most of the other houses are empty and um basically a killers just come and start messing with them for no other reason than because they were home like there's the scene where they're like why what it's she little tyler's like why us and it's like well because you were home they were just like knocking on doors until they found someone so like there's something horrifying about the just randomness of it it's like i'm not being targeted i'm just like you know so i uh really found that one like legitimately scary just because it felt real you know (laughs) yeah the with gorley and russ just covered this on their Mm -hmm. podcast i listened to it recently i've never seen the movie but they were saying how scary it is too like and they've seen every horror movie and they're saying like it's legitimately scary yeah i give it a five or six Yeah. yeah i but yeah, I was, you know, it had been a very long time since I left a horror movie actually kind of looking behind, looking behind me and stuff. So, Okay, um, our next category is a foreign horror film. Uh, so the one I chose is Le Diabolique, or Le Diabolique. Um, it's about uh, the wife of an unfaithful husband teams up with his mistress to murder him, essentially. And things get weird when his body goes missing. So that's the setup for the movie. And it's a great thriller. Um, it doesn't really dive into horror until the very end. But the ending is horrifying. Like, I, one of the best endings of 
a horror movie that I can think of. Yeah, it's. I think it was made in the 50s, I want to say. I think it must be French. Um, but it really, really stands the test of time. I saw it recently, like within the last year or so, and it was great. I was riveted the whole way through. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, Le Diabolique. Yeah, I think I saw that in college in a film class was part of it, but I don't remember that much about it, so maybe I'll have to add that to my list for this October. Yeah, very, very creepy. And I think it inspired Hitchcock to make Psycho, if I remember correctly. But I, I know Hitchcock references it quite a bit as one of his favorites. So if you like Hitchcock, you might like this one. My international is also French, but it's from, I think, the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. I can't remember, but it's called um, High Tension. And uh, at the time in France, there's a word for it, which I, I should have written in my notes, but uh, there was kind of a movement of these, like, quite brutal horror movies in France. And this one is um, kind of like my previous, like The Strangers, there's a, they go to stay, a couple goes to stay at a house in the country. It's like one of their parents' house or whatever. And somebody comes, you know, a, a insane murderer comes and starts hassling them and attacking them. And it is very hard to watch. Like if, you, if you're thinking of watching it, I'm like, just be wary, it's quite brutal. But um, you know, that's what it's going for, I guess. But, you know, I would say this one is pretty high on the scary quotient too, maybe four or five, uh, man, maybe five or six. Um, it, the only other movie I can uh, remember seeing recent, somewhat recently that I was so like shocked by kind of was um, Wolf Creek, which was, is an Australian uh, I guess that's my honorable mention. Australian film with, you know, another, like, horribly burnt... I, basically, I think that one was based on a real serial killer, but it is very difficult to watch, so not for... Not for everybody, for yeah. sure. High Tension um, caught my attention. Or high... What is it? It's High Tension, right? That's the English. It's, yeah. You know, there's the, the French word for that. It's the, the poster post. caught my attention. It's like a woman with, like, a buzzsaw, right? Something, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. I don't know if I know what the poster looked like. I found it after I saw the movie Mandy with Nicolas Cage. I don't Mm -hmm. sure if there's any connection with that, but it was like recommended, like, if you like this movie, you'll like this. I don't really sense any connection between the two, because I don't even really consider Mandy a horror movie. But um, yeah, anyways, that's been on my two-watch list for a while. Okay. Our next category is Inanimate Object Killer. So this is a fun category. Um, I chose Child's Play. Iconic. Uh, I don't Is that what you chose as well? No, no. Okay. Uh, Chucky, what this is otherwise known as. Uh, the, the doll, the killer doll. Um, I remember watching all of them, like one, two, three, four, all in a row on a Halloween binge one year. I was in, probably in high school or early high school. Um, they're really fun. Chucky is, you know, kind of like Freddy Krueger. He always has like a quip or something before or after he kills somebody. Uh, it's super campy, as you would imagine, from a killer doll. Um, but it, the first couple have some legitimate scares. Like I was creeped out for sure, uh, especially when you go over a friend's house and you see like maybe they have a sister who has like a doll out, and you're like, that's. I don't want to look at it. Close its eyes. Like, you know. And it was from that era, too, in the 80s where they had those, like, what was it called? Like, My Buddy, like, the more kind of 
sort of life-size yeah. dolls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a super cool concept. Basically, the spirit of a serial killer gets infused into a, a, a toy, into this Chucky doll. Um, and they play with the concept a lot over the course of the movies. There's probably like nine movies at this point and a TV show. Um, and they just get goofier and goofier and they kind of lose the thread here and there. But overall, I think they're they're really fun watches. It's a good movie for like having a group of friends over and watching a horror movie. Like you're not going to be like scared out of your minds, but it's also like engaging enough where they might get you here and there with a couple of jump scares. And it's just fun. Like and you might laugh at a couple of his corny jokes. The TV show is actually pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. I, I actually started watching the first season and recommended it for a few of my friends. And they started watching it, and I kind of forgot about it. And then, then they're, like, telling me, you got to start watching it again. you got to start watching it. It's, like, a good, like, fun kind of something to watch around. Yeah. Well, we have the show it's on DVD season. at the library. Yes. So you can check it. Start there. Um, what's your inanimate, inanimate uh, object? My inanimate object horror is one of my favorites. It's a phantasm. And um, the original came out in 1979, and it's a, a kind of an interesting combination between the sort of 70s style horror, like with the really creepy imagery. It has the soundtrack sounds. I looked it up when I, I rewatched it a couple weeks ago uh, to see if it was Goblin, because it sounds like it. It's not, but it's definitely that style. Um, but it also has elements to a more kind of Friday the 13th, 80s teen, because one of the main guys, he's a teenager that... Um, so basically the concept is uh, there's these two, uh, the older brother and the younger brother, and their, um, I think it's their dad dies, and the uh, older brother doesn't let the younger brother go to the funeral. He thinks it's going to be too, too much for him or whatever, but he hides out in the bushes and kind of watches the funeral at the cemetery. And after everybody leaves, he sees the undertaker instead of burying the coffin, he like fully just this, and he's like the skinny old man, picks up the coffin and puts it back into the hearse, like with no help. And he's like, what? And anyway, so it ends up being like, uh, he kind of investigates, he, get, he manages to convince his brother that something's happened. And um, what ends up happening is, you know, the inanimate object part of it is the iconic floating, there's this big, the, some of the best shots of this ma mausoleum where it's like the walls are this like black and white print with the, uh, you know, the drawer things where the, the yeah. corpses are kept. And there's these shots of this uh, flying ball coming that like, you know, uh, basically hits you in the head and sucks out your life. <laughs> but uh, there's some really great, creepy, creepy um, shots in this of the, the I think they call him the tall man. The undertaker is really creepy, tall, skinny old man. And um, just some really great shots. A really good combo of sort of an 80s teen horror with a more kind of artsy yeah. 70s style horror. Cool. All right. Our next category is a horror comedy movie. Um, I chose Shaun of the Dead. It's I love zombie movies. Um, so this was a perfect fit for me. I remember seeing it in the theaters and thinking, this is the best movie ever made. Like, it was like absolutely in my wheelhouse. I love the comedy. It's directed by Edgar Wright, who went on to do Hot Fuzz, um, and a bunch of other movies with Simon Pegg. He's the star. And a bunch of other, uh, fantastic British comedian, uh, comedic actors. Um, and it's basically, it's set in a zombie apocalypse. And it's about this just ragtag bunch of uh, of characters that are trying to survive, basically. And it's 
hilarious. Edgar Wright, like this is, in my opinion, his best film. It's his directing style. He's like the perfect comedic director because he knows like where how to shoot gags really well. And he has such a good repertoire with Simon Pegg and the um, the other uh, Nick Frost, that's his name, mm-hmm. um, where you can tell like they're all buddies outside of making movies because they just have such a good flow like work like work style working together like they really jive well um yeah Shaun of the dead highly highly recommend it it's just one of the best comedies there is it's on my top 100 movies of all time it's like so much on the comedy side that it didn't even occur to me as a horror comedy even though obviously it is because it's zombies but yeah that's that's a great great one What's your pick, Peter? Uh, mine is Army of Darkness, which is the third movie in the Evil Dead series, which that's Sam Raimi, right? Yep. That's something that he might be a category for next year, too. Yeah, for sure. I saw this as a teenager. It came on TV, and it's just like, you know, Evil Dead is obviously like a zombie kind of thing, too, but it's... It, it, I think it's it's a comedy, but it's also more into the kind of the gore thing with, like, limbs getting chopped off and stuff. There's not a lot, like, really to say about it, but um, I, I don't know why. I should have put in the, the, the main guy from Evil Dead. What's his name? Ash. Yeah. He's, you know, just like a kind of a iconic horror hero, but it's it's a really tongue-in-cheek and really fun horror movie to watch. Yeah, he's but like an everyman sort of lead <laughs> yeah. where he kind of fumbles his way through a lot of things. And uh, Sam Raimi has definitely a comedic sensibility where even when things go he pushes things to like the nth degree like any horror scene where it gets like to the point of being absurd and funny yeah and i found that the first couple evil dead ones seem a little more on horror-y to me the army of darkness is like extra ridiculous yeah he has a bigger budget and (laughs) he kind of went into like uh making it like a bigger picture not like a, a horror campy horror movie uh great pick all right our next category is a found footage horror movie so I haven't seen many found footage horror movies, so I don't know if you want to go first. The, my choice is a pretty obvious one. Uh, I'll go first. Um, the one that I did is uh, VHS, and it's V slash H slash S, and it's like a found footage anthology. So basically, I don't remember how many there are, but it's like um, a certain number of short films that are the only thing that ties them together is that they're all found footage. <laughs> so. Um, some of them are really scary. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to go into the details of what did happen, but it's like each one is a different story, different director. Um, I didn't know that. I thought and, it was a... Yeah, it's like... No, a, like okay, cool. Yeah, so that's a good one because <laughs> it, it gives you, you know, a few stories. And there aren't that many that I like, actually. So I had a hard time choosing one because I was pretty sure I knew which one you were going to choose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My Well, my choice is the obvious one, Blair Witch Project. Um, this came out at the perfect time for me. I was, I think I want to say I was in early high school, maybe even late middle school. And the first thing you heard about this movie was its guerrilla marketing campaign where uh, people were saying like, oh, like this was, I, I should back up a little bit. There wasn't really a found footage genre before this movie. So the whole marketing campaign was, Oh, have you heard about this documentary that this tape is being passed around about this found footage? These teenagers that go out in the woods and I want to say Massachusetts or something, Maryland, Maryland. And uh, there's like, oh, they they're like investigating some witch or something. And it's like really creepy. you got to watch this documentary. So like that's the how you first heard about this movie going around. 
and then you know obviously the word of mouth was it was just like the scariest movie ever made and everything so it really had an impact on me before I even saw it. And then when I finally saw it, um, I think I saw it on VHS. I don't think I saw it in the theaters. I was probably too young. But I, it, nothing had been spoiled for me when I finally did see it. So the impact of it, you know, as this creepy documentary, like, still worked on me. So I remember it, like, really being extremely creepy when I first saw it. Because I was still young enough and naive enough to believe, like, for a little while that, you know, I could suspend my belief a little bit to be like, oh, maybe this was partially dark documentary film or whatever. Um, but Blair Witch Project, it's still super creepy. And I like that they withhold showing any horror or anything, uh, basically the entire movie. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it holds up. Is It's more has, like, a legacy of like being the first to try yeah. this than it being well, like a great actual film but i feel like the final scene in that movie is legitimately creepy too it's been a while since i've seen yeah. it but uh, I mean, I especially can... because like mostly all you see up to that point is they're them filling their faces or they're running through the woods so yeah. uh yeah i think it holds up on a one to six 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 scale if you go into it completely blind i would say it's pretty creepy like maybe a four or five yeah uh, but don't just don't have it spoiled for you because then it becomes trivialized. But uh, yeah, the Blair Witch Project, I definitely recommend it. Um, okay, can we move on to our next category? Yes. Okay, uh, our next category is ghost movie. So this is I love ghost movies, um, but again, I chose a pretty basic one. So I don't know if you want to go first or I don't mind going. <laughs> go um, so I chose The Sixth Sense by M Night Shyamalan. Um, this is another movie that came out at the perfect time for me. I saw this in the theaters, and if I remember correctly, I saw it with my parents and my parents' best friends, and my dad had to take me out of the theater because I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can look up, I was born in 89, so if you look up whenever this movie was released in theaters, I would want to say 99, so I was probably like 10. So imagine a 10-year-old seeing this in the theaters, probably too young. Um, but if you haven't heard of it before, uh, the basic premise is a child psychiatrist takes on an interesting case of a boy who sees, claims that he can see dead people. So that's like the, the basic plot. Um, it has an iconic line, I see dead people. It has an iconic twist that if it hasn't been spoiled for you at this point, don't look it up. Go see the movie because it's absolutely worth watching this movie um it's definitely m night Shyamalan's best film in my opinion definitely <laughs> <laughs> like by no, not, no doubt <laughs> yeah um but it's really good and it holds up it's super creepy i love the the setting it's kind of has like a fall kind of atmosphere so it's kind of got like a little bit of a cozy vibe to it but it has some truly terrifying scenes at least like as i recall them yeah um so i highly recommend the Sixth Sense. It's horror scale? Horror scale? Honestly, I'm going to say it's like a five, really? if I remember correctly. I saw it as a, an adult, so I, I, I barely even think of it as a horror movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think it's really I'm good, but I never really thought, it a, I thought of it as scary. <laughs> Most, I mean, I there are three scenes that are true, like actually very scary. So I'll, maybe, I'll say a four. Okay. <laughs> well, it's your... It's your yeah, I would not give it a four, but it's not my choice. All right, what's your ghost uh, my movie? My ghost movie, kind of similar, I saw it when I was a little kid. It's Poltergeist, the first one. And uh, I remember being a very 
creeped out by the commercials and um you know just like i see dead people there's a they're here <laughs> thing and you know it still holds up i think in some ways it, you know it, it does feel a little bit dated and it's kind of interesting to me too because i think it might be pg it, it is it might be pre-pg-13 because it, it uh i would say it would probably be pg-13 now because some of the language i find when i watch some of these some of these older 80s kids movies i'm like I'm kind of surprised this is <laughs> considered PG, but they didn't have PG thirteen wasn't a thing at the time, and it was originally yeah. rated R. But Spielberg and whoever the other producer was talked the MPAA down yeah. to rating it PG. So. Yeah, it's just one of those uh, you know classic creepy little girl. It's, it's a it's something that I I respond to sitting you know, sitting in the TV and. Uh, I also really love the, I don't remember her name, in the, the Zelda Rubenstein <laughs> character. She's the creepy old lady, a really good character. I think it really does still hold up pretty well as a horror movie. I agree, and yeah. the special effects hold up pretty well, yeah. too. Very cool scenes, very, very cool. Uh, the rocking chair thing still yeah. creeps me out, like, so much. Cause it might be it made a generation of people scared of clowns. Yep, totally. <laughs> my uh, my grandparents had a rocking chair with a Raggedy Ann and Andy uh-huh. doll on it uh-huh. in their guest room that I would sleep in when I stayed with them. And I remember, like, asking them to take it out of the room yeah. so I could sleep. Uh, yeah, it's a great, great movie. I would give it probably an average scare rating, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. Our next category is a haunted house movie. Um, So we already mentioned Evil Dead. That was my pick. Or Evil Dead 2 specifically. So Evil Dead 2 is basically a remake of Evil Dead 1, just with a slightly bigger budget and a little bit creepier and a little bit funnier. Um, It's just it's like a remastered version of one, basically. Uh, Sam Raimi's the director. Um, and he has such like a unique way of shooting horror. Like his camera work is so unique where if you're looking at, he'll do shots like from the monster's perspective and the camera will just be like weaving up and down and left and right and through windows and around trees. And it's just so like eerie. And I I don't remember any director ever doing anything like it since then. Uh, it's just so unique. Um, and it's just like full throttle absurdity. Like, The action is 100% action. The horror is nth degree ramped up horror. The comedy is just like the goofiest bits. Like it's just everything is just the skit, like the the saturation is just ramped all the way up on everything, which is great. It's just such a fun movie. You said it's kind of like a zombie movie. I think of it more of a possession movie. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of like an evil spirit that like possesses these teenagers in this cabin in the woods and kind of turns them into like a horror demon sort of person but uh anyways it's a really really fun horror movie it does have a lot of spooky moments um but it's just really fun it's another great one to watch with like a bunch of people um so evil dead 2 is my recommendation scary factor maybe a two or a three i probably have seen it but i can't it's been long enough that i can't remember so (laughs) um my uh, haunted house movie is actually another international one. It's House or Hosu, which is a Japanese horror. And it's, you know, classic, the kind of horror I like. Just these insanely weird sequences. Yeah. Some of them are quite beautiful, like weird, like demon mask thing, and these drifting grasses. And just like, if you like, an, you know, 
strange, creepy imagery. It, you know, it's it's it, it's a what you think it is. It's a haunted house, but it's like the craziest haunted house you've ever seen. Where these like almost psychedelic, strange images. I I didn't write down when it came out, but it is. It's like early '60s, if I 60s, remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I was thinking '60s, maybe early '70s, something like that. But it's you know just for the imagery alone, um, you know. I don't even remember what the plot is, but it's basic. You know, it's the plot of every haunted house movie, basically. But just these insane psychedelic um, yeah. sequences that my friend know, had it like unforgettable. Really, my friend Wit had this on the Criterion Collection edition for some reason. I don't know why he picked it up, but we watched it, and I just remember like, what is happening? Right, this is yeah. the craziest it's movie insane, I've ever seen. But it, in a fascinating way. <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. But it's it's great. Okay. House. Yeah. That's what it's... Yeah. It's house or Hosu. Sometimes you see it because that's the Japanese right. word. Yeah. Definitely check that one out. Okay. Um, our next category is a horror movie remake. Um, so I chose The Ring, the American remake of Ringu, the Japanese horror movie. Um this is a movie about a haunted VHS tape that if you watch, I think, I forget how long, but a few days after you watch it, a week or so, you die. Um, so it's a basically, it follows an investigator following, like, trying to piece together all these clues of all these children who are dying watching this movie. She watches the movie herself and then needs to solve the case to save her own life, basically. It has the iconic scene of, like, the creepy girl crawling out of the TV set. But the, the scene that really, really stuck with me, the, and the scariest scene in the entire movie, maybe you're, you're thinking of it too, it's in the very beginning of the movie when they show the, the first victim. It's like a very quick flash of, like, that scared the heck out of me. Like, jumped out of my seat. Like, so terrifying. Um, and just kind of, like, adding to the whole atmosphere of watching this movie, I saw it with a group of friends on VHS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it was intended to be watched, like, you know, a night, dark, put the VHS tape in. We're all like, oh, should we, you know, do it and everything? Kind of trying to scare ourselves. And uh, I thought it was just a great horror movie. I, I don't know. I really liked it. The Ring. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when it came out. Probably early 2000s. Was it, yeah, maybe late 90s. It was an era there where there were a lot of really good um, Japanese horror that was getting remade. Like The Grudge. Yeah. This Juan. I think the the ring was like the first of yeah, those. It kind of started a trend of uh, American remakes of Japanese horror. Yeah, so yeah so that's, that's a great one. That's my horror movie. Original and remake are both really good. Yeah. Um, my uh, oh, horror quotient, scary quotient, or whatever oh. you're calling it. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say for the ring, uh, that first scene that I was talking, I was alluding to. That's like a six for me. Other than that, maybe like a three. It's more of like a, and it becomes like an investigation movie yeah. after that point. It's a little scarier in a world where VHS tapes are a common thing, <laughs> where you don't have to explain to children what what, what that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, my remake actually ties into my classic movie. It is um, the Werner Herzog remake of Nosferatu, which. Um, you know, if, if you don't know Werner Herzog, he was like a German filmmaker from the, he started out, I think in the seventies, not a horror guy, really. He, you know, was kind of these art films. He's known for a 
bunch of different art films, but he did a remake of Nosferatu in, I believe, the late 70s that... Uh, I saw it actually in my, in my college. They had an international cinema thing where they would play on a you know in a theater, the international. So I saw it on the big screen and just like these you know they the same kind of creepy Nosferatu Dracula style of the long fingered bald yeah. vampire like a much a actual scary vampire. I just remember these scenes of him like walking through these like dilapidated buildings in. Berlin or wherever in Germany they're supposed to be and just being like legitimately creeped out by it and I'm a big fan of Herzog in general so you know that's actually one that I uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping to rewatch if, if it's possible to do on my phone we're going I'm going to be in Germany in a few days actually so we're going to try to to watch that while we're there if nice. we can um, scary quotient I would say Maybe a four and more creepy than scary, but it's also been a very long time since yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> it's not something that pops up on you know on TV or on. Uh, the, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it on on the apps or anything. So I'll have to check that out. I, I don't think I've seen that one. Um, okay, this brings us to our final category: animated horror movie. This was interesting, and I really only had one that came to mind. So I'm really interesting to see what you choose. Um, my choice for animated horror movie is an anime film called Perfect Blue. Have you heard of this movie? I've heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it. It came out in 1999, and we actually talked about it in our anime episode of the podcast, so go back and listen to that if you like anime. Um, But it's a psychological thriller slash horror. Um, It's about a pop star who is trying to transition to becoming an actor, an actress. Um, And while she's doing that, she's dealing with a stalker as well. And it is uh, ex- has an extremely like uneasy feeling throughout the movie because it's told in a sort of uh, choppy fashion where it jumps around a little bit with time. And it, it, the lead actress is sort of an unreliable narrator where she's sort of misremembering things or having like hallucinations from not sleeping well and being like depressed and you know, with her lack of success as transitioning into an actor. So it, it's, it really messes with the audience and like what is really happening right now, what is believed. Um, and this movie um, was the inspiration for the film Black Swan by Darren Aronofsky. So if you like Black Swan, this is almost, think of Black Swan as like a remake of this movie. There's practically a remake of it. Um, but the the film is beautiful if you like animation or anime it's beautiful like it's an absolute stunning film to watch and the the way the film is composed like the the scenes are composed are also amazing like this movie looks like a triple a release it doesn't if you if your idea of anime is like dragon ball or something or pokemon like on tv it's not that like this is like better than disney quality and a lot of the scenes were actually uh, basically stolen, not stolen, but Darren Aronofsky, the director of, of Black Swan and other films, used um, a lot of the exact framing of scenes in Perfect Blue for Requiem for a Dream as well, another one of his movies. Um, so much so that he actually bought the rights of per- for Perfect Blue so he wouldn't get sued when he reshot the things in person. So... 
Um, yeah, Perfect Blue. It's a, one of my all-time favorite animated films. It's a fantastic psychological thriller, if you like that. And it was available on Hoopla for a, quite a while. So if you are a Sable Library patron and you have the Hoopla app, you can probably still watch it on Hoopla. It's been on, on Hoopla for quite some time. So that is my recommendation. It's called Perfect Blue. Scariness factor, maybe a three. I uh, I haven't seen that, but it's kind of interesting because mine was when I animated horror was the only one I think of, and I I just, the other day I did reread like a Wikipedia about this movie because I don't remember a lot of details and I should have written it down in my notes this because I I don't remember many of the details, but it's also anime. It's a uh, Blood the Last Vampire. I think it might be on Canopy or Hoopla too. I I have it on my little brochure I put out for our. Horror Week Challenge, I, I put uh, a few of them, but it, it's definitely available on some of the apps because I've looked at it, but it's, you know, it's the same thing. It's really high production quality. Uh, I had a phase quite a few years ago when I watched it where I was watching a lot of anime, which is not normally a thing I do, but uh, it just came up and I was kind of like, you know, again, just like Japanese uh you know, like you say, we think of it as like Dragon Ball Z or, but it's like a very serious art form there. So that this is, and you know, these really, it's very black and red, you know, <laughs> black and red, darkness and blood yeah. is the thing, main thing I remember about it. I, I don't remember much about the plot line, but you can kind of get the idea of the last vampire from that. Uh, but, you know, really, really interesting imagery, really well drawn and beautiful to look at and, uh, creepy way so yeah. I, I actually want to rewatch this one too because I, I don't remember hardly anything about it except for black and red since... black and red yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it too yeah. it's definitely time for a rewatch yeah. alright well that's our 25 categories we made it we, we made it through um, so listeners there's still by the time this episode comes out there's still I think two weeks before Halloween just about thereabouts so get your horror movies in I hope you like some of our recommendations and right after Halloween is the Saville Fan Fest on November 4th. So don't put away your Halloween costume into the closet just yet. Come out and join our costume contest at the Fan Fest. Um, you can win some excellent prizes. We also have food trucks. We have over 20 vendors this year. Arts and crafts, gaming tables, a gaming bus, all sorts of good stuff. So definitely come on by to that. It's always lots of fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Peter, for joining me on this uh, horror quest and sharing your horror knowledge with us. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Bye, listeners.